Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle, rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. Welcome to Go Green Radio, everybody. I am so glad that you tuned in. We're going to be talking about a program that is really exciting. You know, we talk a lot about green building. We talk a lot about reducing our greenhouse gas emissions through the built environment by reducing the amount of energy and water um, and waste that those buildings generate. Well, the U.S. Green Building Council's L.A. chapter has got a really exciting program to help hasten the day when more and more buildings can achieve net zero. They've started a program called Net Zero Accelerator. And today, we're going to have the director of that program on with us. And I'm really excited to have Colin Mangum on. He um, not only is the director of this program, but he is has been the chief marketing officer of an organization we've had on the show many times, the many times, the Biomimicry Institute. Um, we've had the, the founder of that on a few times, and we're all big fans of what they do. But today, we're going to focus on the Net Zero Accelerator. So welcome to Go. Green Radio, Colin. We are thrilled to have you on. Thanks so much for having me. Well, I'd love to begin by giving us a little bit about your background and how you got here and how that shapes your contribution to the green space. Well, I'm compelled to want to go back to my childhood riding motorcycles in the woods at age five, Uh, but I'll fast forward a little bit and I'll say... Maybe with a little reference to the Biomimicry Institute as well, is that, you know, I, I began my college undergrad, and I will speed through this, but in life sciences, and I switched to marketing uh, about midway through, but my entire career has been marketing the value of life sciences, which is a lot of what we do here with the Accelerator. A lot of it's around brand and storytelling, about funct- functional narratives that actually help people get engaged around these solutions that we'll talk about here today. But really, I cut my teeth uh, in New York advertising agencies. At some point, I said, you know, I want more sunlight, more birds. Moved to L.A. <laughs> in the last 20 years, I've really been in the entrepreneurial space. I've been on both sides of the table of investment. I've been an investor in a dozen deals. But I've mostly guided the success of hundreds of entrepreneurs, early-stage companies. I really love you know, the steep learning curve. Uh, I love the, the, the promise of these, uh, these young companies and these growth stage technologies. And it's just been a, a perfect fit as I've narrowed my focus more and more on the things I find to be, you know, impactful and important, which is uh, green and conservation and sustainability in the built environment. So if I understand what you just told us correctly, you used to be a madman. Is that right? Advertising in New York City. <laughs> I, I did, and I'm a fan of the show. But I grew up, I'm not those, not those people. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just kidding. No, I love that show too. That was that was a classic. So, let's talk about the Net Zero Accelerator. Tell us about the problem that this accelerator was created to solve. Why did the U.S. Green Building Council LA chapter create this program? And then go into a little bit about how your background guides your efforts with the NZA. Yeah, well, I, I might take the, the back end of that and then move it, move to the front end, which is sure. a lot of what I, what I see, especially, you know, let's say through the bio-inspired, biologically inspired lenses, you know, we spent a lot of time in buildings and we didn't used to. Uh, none of our neighboring species really do. We, we really spend a lot of effort 
on our, you know, our, our shelter and very complex environments of shelter. And we really should be out in nature more often. So I really feel like what we're doing here is actually bringing, you know, some of that nature uh, back inside. Uh, we're, we're creating more healthy environments that, you know, tend to emulate what we were accustomed to as, as a species, frankly, out, you know, most of our, our, our history. But it's also looking at the fact that, you know, our built environment has, in fact, you know, I'll say it, bulldozed a lot of what was once there, you know, even in ecosystem services, you know, that are important to us as a species to survive and thrive. And so how can we take these spaces we've created, these spaces we spend so much time in, and green them, you know, and make and make them closer to what we need, you know, as humans to, to be healthy, to be happy, you know, all types of uh, well-being. We'll talk about indoor air, air quality, occupant health, all these things. But those are the things we're solving for, and partly because there needs to be more help from the people who are making the decisions, and it's complex decision structures always in the built environment. That's one of the things we're solving for. Uh, see these new technologies and give them a chance you know, to actually pilot into the system and, and have a chance to scale uh, adoption. Yeah. And, and, you know, for these companies that are coming in to your program, what do they need to do to be accepted into the Net Zero Accelerator? And what are some of the characteristics of the successful applicants who actually make it in? Well, it, it's important to note that we are, we're not an incubator, so we're not super, super early stage. We're not pre-revenue. We may be real close to pre-revenue in some cases, but the, the main thing is they have to be growth stage. They have to be pilot ready, and that means either a pilot that, you know, it, it, we've got an innovation, we've got a technology, we have a solution that we need to de-risk a bit. We need to stress test a bit, refine before, you know, larger scale, more public adoption. Or in a lot of cases, uh, they have something that they want to get into a system. Let's say uh, like one of our partners is, for example, Kilroy Realty. Uh, if, if they can prove a success case and get some good data out of that success case in a pilot format with a Kilroy and building one, maybe they can move through hundreds of thousands of square feet with them and others. You know? And so that's really what we're focused on. Okay. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, the difference between an incubator and an accelerator. Um, so USGBC LA chapter, we've, we've had a variety of guests on uh, over the last year or two, and, and it is chock full of green building industry experts. They're amazing. But I would love for you to talk to us specifically about some of the ones that are involved in the Net Zero Accelerator and, and specifically how and why they interface with the participating companies. Well, it's, it's a great question, and, and I, I have, you know, I've listened to your show quite a bit, and I, I know that, for example, you know, both Ben Stapleton, who is our executive director, uh, and Sarah Neff, who was then mm-hmm. with Kilroy uh, Realty and now with Lindlease, you know, spoke on, let's say, indoor air quality, and, and Kilroy and Sarah in particular have been fantastic partners to us. Uh, I'll mention some others, like uh, we've done, a, we did a program recently with, with Burrow Hapold, uh, certainly LEWP, the LEEDC, um, but, for example, uh, you know, uh, Hudson Pacific Partners, you know, we've worked like Ryan Tynus at Hudson Pacific is championing, you know, sustainability into the organization and particularly on IIQ. And he needs to he needs exposure to some of the technologies that might be out there. And in turn, you know, some of these technologies and these entrepreneurs need to hear, all right, how do I navigate you know, a, a place like Hudson Pacific, again, for those type, type of pilot cases. But, but Jill, I'll give you one more, which is 
For example, we work with UCLA, and we work with Momentum, which helps us on and our, and our companies on grant funding. And mm-hmm. uh, they, they partnered recently to help one of our companies called Onyx, you know, actually get a uh, $1 million grant opportunity on, on board, you know, for these uh, mobile, you know, battery storage solutions. And then uh, at the same time, two of our companies, one, uh, one's called CarbonVilt and another in our, in our mini cohort, which a lot of your uh, listeners might be familiar with, is called CarbonPure. They, mm-hmm. they were the two recipients of a $20 million, you know, um, energy COSIA carbon X prize. The, the only two wow. recipients uh, were two of our, of, our, of our cohort members. And so we're pretty proud of that, $20 million. And that's certainly, uh, that's good growth funding. Yeah, it sure is. It sure is. And and what a track record for your program. I mean, it's it's not that old. It's only been around for a little bit. That's already like explosively great case studies of success. Um, you, you've got to be pretty proud of that. Um, I, I Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, I, I think, yeah, we're, we're a small program. We began in 19. We've had, you know, uh, 30 companies through the program. We now have, a, you know, 15, and we can talk about that as well. But it, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. Uh, I know we all are. But uh, we're just getting the kind of exposure, and, and, and frankly, thanks to, to opportunities like you're giving us today, to let people know what we're doing and find ways for them to support us and for us to, you know, build awareness around these new technologies and, and young entrepreneurs. Well, and I'm very happy to to be a part of that outreach effort because I think this is a phenomenal effort. I'd love to know if there are any notable partnerships maybe over the last couple of years that have specifically helped validate some of the innovations of the companies that are participating in your program. Are there a couple of past companies having success in the in the marketplace that you want to talk to us about? Yeah, well, I, I think I think the two I mentioned. I mean, we could certainly. Uh, I'd love to deep dive on it, but really, uh, carbon carbon built has been a fantastic one um, that has worked with some of our partners. You know, even like uh, you know, we we get inputs from like say uh, the Los Angeles Department of Water and Power and others that really help to guide the efforts of of a company like that that's actually taking flu emissions and then injecting into concrete and reducing, you know, uh, and pulling down carbon or at least reducing our, our carbon intensity. And it's, I, I'm really proud of that one in particular. But again, I, I want to emphasize, for example, um, you know, Hudson Pacific working with one of our Canadian companies, Peak Power, uh, fantastic, you know, conversations I've been on. And also, you know, again, Momentum working with, uh, with Onyx, Onyx Power, mm-hmm. you know, to help that really, really young company with a pilot technology that really needed to be de-risked and stress tested, get an opportunity to really scale. Well, and, and I think that what's so exciting about that is that you're building not just testimonials, but data. I mean, you've got numbers and you've got data to show uh, the success of your program. And, and you know, I know that the, the program is fairly new, but what are some of the metrics, you know, internally that you guys are using to say, yep, we're doing exactly what we, what we meant to do. How do you, what are your key performance indicators? Well, some of it will be, uh, you know, on impressions, for example, uh, media impressions, like how many people can we, of course, get them in front of through things like our flagship MGBCE conference, uh, also our participation in the upcoming Net Zero conference with our, with our, our friends over at Vertical Group. Uh, so, so getting exposure uh, yeah. is, is a part of it. Uh, getting a, a certain number of pilots. I mean, we're tracking 45 different pilots right now, uh, wow. which, you know, which by the way, was a little bit compromised in its, in its own acceleration, you know, with the pandemic. Uh, we heard yeah. about that, right? 
Um, So it's a little more difficult for some of these things that require sidewalks and require really some face-to-face to, to, you know, implement a technology at a building site. That slowed Uh us down a little bit, but now that things are opening up, especially in California, uh, we're really looking forward to the opportunities just to accelerate. Yep, you're so ready. You're poised and ready for success. Well, we've got to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we have so much more to talk about with Colin and the Net Zero Accelerator from the U.S. Green Building Council's chapter in L.A. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everybody. I'm so glad that you could join us. If you've just tuned in, let me catch you up. Our guest today is Colin Mangum, and he is the director of the Net Zero Accelerator, which is a program that is run by the U.S. Green Building Council's L.A. chapter, and um, they're helping companies with technology that can help buildings achieve net zero connect with the buildings who could implement their their solutions. You know, one of the things I was reading about on the net zero accelerators webpage is that you help participating companies increase their brand awareness and and connections. And I know that you have a lot of experience in marketing, Colin. So talk to us about some of the ways that you help these companies increase their brand awareness. Great. Well, I, you know, I think 
part of it is just focusing first on the narrative that they're that they're telling and how are they aligning with with targets. Uh, what we spoke about previously here is is it's really about pilots for us. And a lot of times these these early stage companies aren't familiar with how to spec a pilot, how to uh, you know what's the importance, what, what data as you mentioned we need to track, but. A lot of that comes down to what brand values are you standing on? How are you communicating things? You know, what is the order? What's the priority? Uh, and we're talking about, you know, green here. Uh, part of that is, is around the ROI of green uh, we can talk about. But it's not always about the green message for first forward. You know, it's not, that's not mm-hmm. always the first step. And that's, you know, we here on the show, you know, we're, we're all greenies, right? Uh, but <laughs> it's really about the, the economics and the dynamics. And a lot of times the brand of green and the brand of why we're doing this, the, the why of it, the purpose-driven aspect of it, you know, they need some sharpening on that a lot of times. But mainly it, it's about an integration with the overall economic message of it. And so what I will say to that is, you know, in my experience, a lot of people will say, all right, here's how I define a brand, and there's tons of different ways. But what I've, I've harped on over the years is that a brand is a promise you can and should keep. And mm-hmm. the idea there is that those, works are, those, those words are working really hard. Can and should keep is the main thing there. There's a lot of things we can do, uh, but what are the things we should do? And I think that's a lot of what the, the guidance we provide in terms of brand narrative and storytelling and why we're doing this and how we're doing this and why you can trust us when we're an early stage company that, you know, you may think uh, you're not, you're not going to be around two years from now, right? A lot of the built environments, you know, on, on a long-term time scale. This isn't a quick fix, right? So right. they have to build trust. And a lot of that trust is ensuring that you're setting a pace for, you know, making a commitment and meeting that commitment, making a commitment, meeting that commitment. So a lot of that is in the narrative. It's in the timing of the narrative and all that comes back to their brand story. I love that, that line of thinking that, you know, your, your brand is a promise that you can and should keep. That, that right there is a profound nugget of truth. And, and that I'm going to be thinking about for a long time. Um, I loved reading about the programming. You know, there's a lot of information about the kind of programming that you have at the Net Zero Accelerator and, and how you, uh, you know, help participants in a variety of different topics. And I want to give you a chance to tell us more about that. You know, what is the programming all about and how is it presented? What's the format? What's the, you know, what are the logistics of that? Well, the great thing about it is, it's it's intentionally not a formal curriculum, let's say. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is is when the this cohort of fifteen companies compared to our our last year's cohort of seventeen companies, it's a different makeup. Uh, we're at a different point in time here. The markets are different. Uh, you know, there's there's different dynamics happening. So we don't actually have a very formal and stringent you know curriculum that we have to press them all through. Uh, and so we kind of shape it to the, to, the, to the companies here. And so we have, for example, six to eight different programs we do that are two-hour workshops where we have a, a subject matter expert from, that leverages our community, which is a huge part of what we do here, leveraging the USGBC LA you know, membership community of, of experts in the space 
come in and they guide and they and it's not just a it's not just a one way seminar dialogue you know monologue it's saying hey mm-hmm. bring me your your challenges what, let's work on this and so that's across again brand and storytelling it's across you know sales and business business development and and how pilot ready they are how do you how do you actually shape a pilot form a pilot and of course funding as well you know ranging from grant to C to to Series A all all different aspects of that and then how do you protect your intellectual property uh, but it's it's really about forming you know, some programs to the companies and also offer them an opportunity to create, you know, community within their own cohort. We really curated this uh, so that there's a little bit of overlap, uh, but there's you know, mainly these are highly complementary companies that can really build upon uh, each other's strengths. Mm-hmm. You know, and we, we did talk a little bit about how the brand and story program guidance, you know, probably benefits tremendously from your background. Is there anything more you want to tell us about that? Yeah, well, I, I think that, you know, part of my background, too, I should mention is, 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 is in the entrepreneurial space. So kind of knowing the, the timing of things and knowing, you know, where they are as a growth stage company is also important to bring to this. And for example, again, we're, we're not an incubator, we're an accelerator. And so they really, they're looking for uh, these opportunities to scale, but opportunities to scale require, you know, capital. It requires mm-hmm. growth capital. And the, the chicken and egg kind of dynamic that we have here is that scaling without having the benefits of scale you know, such as volume pricing on materials can be really super difficult because, you know, the margins are are not always favorable and they won't be until you can, you know, get to to higher volumes and get to scale and get the preferred pricing, but you can't get that until, you know, you're at scale. So it's a really challenging thing. But the good thing is that, you know, with how we help with timing uh, from an entrepreneurial, you know, development aspect, how we help with capital, you know, formation and those types of things and guiding that is really super critical uh, because you can take it at the wrong time. You can take it too late uh, and you have to be prepared for it. You've got to have your headlights down the road far enough. And that's a lot of what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I read on the website that there's a, a sales plus business development and, a, and pilot, pilot readiness sections of the program. How do those relate yeah, it's 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 interesting because they they're they're two sides of the same coin for us. Uh, as I mentioned, a lot of this is about you know building brand awareness, building just awareness in general of these companies that these technologies are available out there. That there are people that are literally taking second and third mortgages on their house and committed their lives to this. You know, that are really super hyper focused on solving for whatever this is. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's about getting to a pilot. So what you're selling is not a conventional sale. A lot of times it's a heavily discounted sale because they want the data, they want the logo, they want the experience, you know. So sales and biz dev and pilot readiness all go together at this certain stage of the life cycle. Um, And a lot of times it might be that they'll do it for free or it might be, you know, heavily subsidized or discounted. So again, we can't talk about sales and biz dev really at this stage without uh-huh. recognizing that they are at a piloting stage. So we kind of intertwine those two. That's brilliant. I, I would imagine that the project finance portion of the program is extremely important to the participants. So tell us more about what's involved in that. And um, it seems like you're particularly able to help them out there. So um, talk to us a little bit more about the project finance portion. Well, well for sure. I, again, it's, it's, you know, not everything 
uh, every type of structure is going to be appropriate for all the different companies, and especially they're, they're, they are at different life cycles. Uh, some will really want the benefits of grant funding that requires some deliverables that, you know, they don't necessarily have to pay back or that they don't have, you know, an investor on their, on their, on their cap table. Right. Uh, but some <laughs> will also instead want, you know, uh, a strategic, right. A, a strategic investor that can help them open more doors. And so in some ways a, a pilot can be a strategic investment because it's a, it's a subsidized approach to, to actually getting the technology into a building that builds that use case. But it, it is important, especially because we're, we're talking about green. So we do have to look at through the, the ESG, you know, environmental, you know, social and, and, and governance, governmental uh, aspects of how's the company run, you know, what is the actual social impact? And that also can, you know, expand to well-being of employees, for example, you know, mm-hmm. indoor occupant health. Uh, but, you know, and of course, with the environmental Im- impacts and, and we're looking at carbon and, again, net zero waste, carbon, water, you know, uh, yeah. energy, all these things we're striving for, you know, fit into that, that you know, or at least are examinable through that lens of ESG. So we want to make sure that they're looking at it through that lens. All right. Well, I, I, I think that leads perfectly into my next question, which is, what does the sustainability ROI part of the program cover? I imagine that, you know, some of the ESG metrics that you, you mentioned are, are a part of that. Tell us more about that part of the program. Well, you know, in some ways it, it, it can get into, uh, you know, some of the metrics that you, you mentioned earlier. So how, how do you track that? How do you quantify that? And it's a difficult thing. It's always been a difficult thing when you're talking about something that value that's effectively off balance sheet. Uh, and this I learned in, in, in branding, you know, and there was a thing, I guess, back in the day, uh, Coca-Cola's, you know, brand uh, was worth 85%, you know, of, of, of their market, market cap, right? So, but it's not on the balance sheet. And so a lot of times the things that we're doing in sustainability, especially through the ESG lens, through the, the SRI, you know, socially responsible investment lens, are not easily quantifiable. Uh, and, and especially, you know, some of these companies, we look at outputs and outcomes. It's tough to, it's easy to, to say, all right, we've had an output of, we installed in this many schools, we, we, you know, increased efficiency by this, you know, we reduced the load of the building by this, um, you know, in, in, or indoor air quality improved by this. But it's, it's hard to say how that, and, and track how that actually impacts people. You know, the, the, what is the outcome, uh, especially, let's say, in a school environment, right? I mean, how does it actually eventually impact them? So the key to it, all that is, is, and to answer your question more directly, the sustainability ROI is mainly about just just a framing, a perspective to say, look, where are there some other places that you are creating value? Uh, it could be, uh, you know, social capital. It could be intellectual capital. It could be, you know, environmental that may or may not be easy to, you know, to track and, and to measure and may not be on your balance sheet, but it all has value and it all is important. And so how are you thinking about that as you, as you begin to grow the company? Well, and I love that. And, and actually, my nonprofit organization, the Go Green Initiative, is always thinking about the same thing. When we help school districts, you know, um, with water quality, indoor air quality, um, even food quality, the, the real upshot we're looking to is helping students 
achieve their maximum and optimal learning capacity um, and, and taking away some of the environmental pollutants or some of the, you know, things, the, the health impacts of environmental pollutants around them. But that's tough to measure and even tougher to take credit for. Um, you know, it, you, you can't, there's so many variables that affect those things. It, you know, if you're tracking that in an office building, you know, how do you track and take credit for um increased productivity (laughs) amongst the building occupants. So that's a tough thing. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we have so much more to talk about and a couple of new guests that are joining us. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. 
Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad that you could be with us today. We've been talking to Colin Mangum, and he is the director of the U.S. Green Building Council LA Chapters program called the Net Zero Accelerator. We're going to be joined now by two companies who are participants in that program, and we're going to hear their stories. Um, first, I'm going to bring on Andrew Crawford. He is the CTO and co-founder of Origin Air, that's spelled O. R-I-G-E-N, if you want to check them out and look up their website, Origin Air. Andrew, we are so excited to have you on Go Green Radio. Talk to us about Origin Air's technology, and please don't leave out something I saw on your website that I was excited about, the monitoring and reporting. Talk to us about what you've got. Absolutely. Good morning, Jill. Good morning, everyone. Pleasure to be here. Um, it's an interesting evolution as to where Origin Air came from, and it actually came from an inconvenient truth that came into my life. So I'm a born and raised plant-loving guy. I've, yeah. I've been so lucky as to have orchid nurseries and uh, things that really drove me into that wonderful world of biophilia and everything to do with plants. Um, and I thought, wouldn't it be wonderful to have a living well company where I could put these plants into urban spaces where it's just so sorely needed? And so I did that. But what came of that was the realization, the unfortunate realization, that plants indoors, in pots, really don't have any opportunity to improve the indoor air quality. It's, it's, it's a facade. It's a, it's, it's a nice story, but it really doesn't make any difference. So I thought, I want to change that. How can I change that? And it was fortunate for me to have found the University of Washington, who had developed a genetically enhanced pothos ivy which is a beautiful heart-shaped tropical plant, and they had turned this plant into a living, breathing air purifier. Uh, I'll spare you the biotech, but really what we're able to do with this plant is embed it into our biofilters and absorb microscopic VOCs out of indoor air spaces. So we're, we're leveraging the beautiful evolution of 3.8 billion years worth of biology and the way the plant has grown, we've used a little bit of biotech to uh, give it the, the gene that it needs to pull uh, carcinogens out of the air, and then we put it into our futuristic modern air purifier, which we've called the Sentinel, because it stands on guard for clean indoor <laughs> air. So here we are today. Uh, we are a British Columbia base. We're up in Canada. So uh, sorry about that. But uh, here we are in Canada. Sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry eh? Talk um, to us about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, so it, it, it's, a, it's, a, an ex, it's an exciting space. It's something that Steve Jobs spoke to a long time ago, uh, kind of in his heyday, where he saw the intersection of biology and technology producing some of the most meaningful advances in, in, in uh, humanity. And, and that's where we are. We, we've got biology with the plants. We've got technology with our air purification system. And now we're meeting them together to bring it to the commercial market uh, this year. So exciting time for us. And obviously, when you're going to deploy an air purifier in a commercial environment, what do you need to do? Well, you need to tell people what's going on. And that's uh, what you spoke to about the monitoring reporting. So sensor tech is coming a long way really quickly, and we have people like uh, my constituent Hank, who's on this call, to thank for that. They are some of the most brilliant minds in the world who have put all of their gray matter towards 
allowing us to see and understand exactly what's happening in our airspace. We frequently talk about um, where air quality sensors and where this whole awareness is going. And mm-hmm. I'm, I frequently use the analogy of um, Wi-Fi. So when we were, uh, you know, I'm 44. So when I was in my mid-20s, all of a sudden there was this Wi-Fi signal that we didn't really know too much about. But mm-hmm. nowadays, when you look at your phone, you know instantly that there's a Wi-Fi signal that's either good or bad. Um, I don't, I'm not a soothsayer. I don't have a crystal ball, but I strongly believe that in the next five to ten years, we're going to have phones that are going to tell us exactly what's going on in our airspace. Oh, I love that. And, you know, I as, love as that. Empowered, intelligent individuals, if it's not yep. good, we're probably not going to stay inside. Yep, so, that's, um, that's a really cool vision, a Andrew, and I think... Yeah, I think that's something that a lot of people are going to be excited about. I want to bring on your counterpart, Hank, um, and talk to him a little bit as well. Hank Touch is the VP of Enterprise at Wind Technology, W-Y-N-D, if you want to check out their website. And Hank, I am thrilled to have you on Go Green Radio as well. And, you know, Andrew gave you a great tee up there. So why don't you talk to our listeners about Wind's technology and your indoor air quality IAQ solutions? Yeah, uh, good morning, Joe, and good morning, everyone. Uh, first of all, thank uh, Joe and Colin for uh, having uh, me and Andrew joining uh, both of you on the show today. It's a pleasure and also an honor uh, to talk uh, to, to both of you. Um, so, yeah, uh, at, at WIND, uh, our mission is really to uh, measure uh, uh, and improve air quality at scale. Uh, what I mean is uh, um, kind of our core technology, our DNA, is in um, air quality sensing. And also taking it one step further and turning those um, air quality data into uh, actionable uh, information as well insight uh, um, that would be uh, useful for uh, our consumer, our, our user. Um, mm-hmm. Poor air quality, uh, uh, like both of you, uh, the, the conversations between you and Colin earlier, uh, I could really relate a lot on around poor air quality. It's one of the most critical health issues of our time. And it's uh, the fifth leading uh, risk factor uh, for mortality. Um, mm-hmm. However, the, the problem is the air is invisible. Uh, and that's really where we come in. Uh, um, we want to make um, that invisible air uh, visible. And, and what we, the way we do that is uh, going beyond just measuring what is the level what of particular matters, what's le- what number, uh, you know, a PPM of CO2 or VOC, but we want to bring it one step further and really drill down to uh, sensing the root cause of the issue in the air, you know, because different, uh, um, different problem could, you know, could indicate itself in, you know, high particulate matters. It could mean mm-hmm. smoke, uh, could mean, um, you know, air quality from outside, but the action taken is very different uh, to resolve this issue. But you see high particulate matters, if it comes from the kitchen, I want to open the window uh, um, and air out um, uh-huh. and reduce uh, those um, uh, particular counts. But if it's actually from wildfire outside, unfortunately for us living in California, mm-hmm. uh, um, then the actions are reversed. You want to close your window and turn on the air purifier. And, and mm-hmm. really where we see ourselves is to not just measuring uh, and sensing those air, but also provide the uh, useful and actionable information for the people to make better decisions. Uh, around where they spend their time, whether it's indoor, outdoor, and how they uh, uh, um, really 
uh, be the best self and not have to think uh, about all of these uh, problems. And, and we see ourselves you know, uh, helping in, uh, um, if I could summarize it in like three main ways. One is kind of on the uh, risk uh, and probably management side, uh, um, be it for um, you know, the occupant themselves or the owner really to understand the risk factors uh, uh, around the indoor air. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's from mold or is it uh, smoke, is it um, uh, um, ventilation, and, yeah. and and then take it to actionable insight where we translate that to what is the action, what is the recommendation uh, uh, um, to uh, improve that indoor air quality. Uh, one of it could also be, uh, uh, so, and, and I'm actually uh, really impressed and very interested in uh, um, Andrew's uh, a solution, uh, um, you know, living uh, living wall and, and um, plan as a purifier is is actually a, a very interesting and very cool idea. Uh, um, so, um, and some of these solutions can be part of the recommendation uh, mm-hmm. um, to improve these uh, indoor air quality. And the last one, um, you briefly touched on this as well, is kind of the intersection between. Um, you know, good air quality uh, wellness, and what's the ROI in that for uh, the um, the building owner and building operators? And we believe there is uh, uh, an ROI in doing the right thing, making the building green, ma- making the building uh, clean, and 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 that in part coming from recognizing the good work that's being done by uh, the building operators, the owner who cares in making these air quality good. And we, we see ourselves as uh, um, providing that validation by measuring, by monitoring the air indoor. Um, mm-hmm. They can have the um, kind of validation, the benchmark, uh, and, you know, we, we support them you know, either if they want to do uh, um, healthy building or sustainability certification, well, lead or fit well, you name it. Uh, um, or um, also through just really tracking and uh, um, providing the right insight to help them find a balance between um, making the air better, uh, cleaning the air, and mm-hmm. also uh, um, balance the energy use as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and, and that is, um, we, we, don't, we, be, we, we truly believe um, <laughs> cleaning the air, making the air good uh, in your building should not uh, uh, have to be at odds with uh, um, energy usage. And I love that, Hank. Uh, spot in there. Yes, mm-hmm. I love and, that. And, and my heart is beating so fast right now because in my world, you know, besides being the host of Go Green Radio, I'm the CEO and founder of the Go Green Initiative. And we work with school districts mm-hmm. across the country that are in environmental justice and food desert communities. And there's so much research coming out about the impact on student learning that indoor air quality has. And one of the things that's so often very difficult is even if, uh, you know, we have the ability to monitor that there's not always the kind of professional development and training for building operators in the K through 12 space to know what to do about it and you know going straight to the HVAC systems is very expensive and if there are other alternatives if there's more information that can help these facilities directors even just in that industry I know that you guys are looking to get into office spaces as well which is awesome but in the K through 12 world um, this is just so exciting what you guys are talking about 
we've got to take a quick commercial break. But when we come back, we have so much more to talk about. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Dolvanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Dolvanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everybody. I'm so glad that you could tune in. I feel so lucky to have the guests on that we have today. We're talking to Colin Mangum. He's the director of the U.S. Green Building Council LA Chapters program called the Net Zero Accelerator. We have Andrew Crawford, who's the CTO and co-founder of Origin Air. And we have Hank Touch, who is the VP of Enterprise at Wind Technologies. And, you know, as we were talking in the last segment about Um, the solutions and the innovations that Andrew and Hank's companies have around indoor air quality. Um, You guys probably heard me get all kinds of excited about the potential for for K through 12 children in schools that often have some really poor indoor air quality. And, you know, there's a lot of research out there talking about how that impacts their learning outcomes. And we've got to do something about that. But of course, you know, when you think about their technology in a business setting, in an office space, um, you're talking about increasing the productivity and the health and well-being of the people who work in those buildings that have this kind of technology. You know, Andrew, I know very well that some of your next customers may be listening to us right this minute. So I want to give you a chance to give us your elevator pitch. For those for those next customers of yours that are on the line right now listening, go ahead. Sounds great. Going up. At Origin Air, <laughs> we're driven to improve humanity's indoor air quality, one breath at a time. We do this with a highly visible modern air purification solution that leverages our enhanced plant biotechnology in order to absorb airborne toxins and produce fresh, clean air for our clients' indoor facilities and operations. At Origin Air, we are nature empowered. Love that. And if you don't already have like a super slick video with that exact wording in the background, <laughs> I already I have, a, have one. All right. <laughs> because I am seeing a beautiful visual in my head as you were saying those words. Um, that's, am, uh, that's amazing. Hank, I want to give you the same opportunity. Some of your next customers may be listening to us right now. So how about if you give us your elevator pitch for wind technologies? 
Yes, and um, how do I uh, follow that, Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> Setting the bar very high. Um, yeah, uh, um, uh, when uh, we when is leading indoor air quality uh, system trusted by uh, family SMB and uh, Fortune 500 companies. Um, our mission is to monitors and improve air quality at scale, um, and that. Uh, that is done through our proprietary software-enable uh, monitoring to um, really identify the uh, root cause of indoor air quality issues and provide actionable insight to uh, our customers, and um, bringing uh, and also uh, by bringing the awareness of indoor air quality uh, um, through a partnership with. Um, through partnership with our leading partners and um, including US, USCBC LA and mm-hmm. um, that's awesome I love it Hank and you know what here's what I think about when technologies when I look at some of your solutions I, I see the so what uh, of the information. You know, people might realize that there's a problem. You know, your, your monitors, your indicators might show, hey, you've got high CO2 levels. Hey, there's some PM 2.5 eking in. You know, there's some VOCs that you need to take a look at. And then your technology gives people the information, the so what. So what do I do about that? So I, if I know I've got a problem with my air quality, what do I do? And I love that. Colin, I want to go back to you because one of the things I'm wondering, you know, as, as Andrew outed himself as a Canadian, um, do your program participants <laughs> have to be based in LA? What, what are some of the geographic parameters you have for participants in the Net Zero Accelerator? You know, it, it's it it is kind of funny. Maybe uh, only two of the companies uh, of the fifteen in this cohort are in the LA area. Um, they we have several from from Canada. Uh, we have you know, Pensacola, Florida, Wichita, Kansas, San Marcos, Texas. I'm just reading the list here. Um, Washington, you know, Silicon Valley, a couple. But there, uh, the great thing is that we're getting a lot of interest in the you know the. The eco-friendly, uh, regulatory-friendly, regulation-friendly environment, uh, and the progressive stance of the Los Angeles area for, you know, really piloting and scaling these technologies. So we're getting interest from around the country, around the world, frankly, um, and it's been really great that they're interested in LA. They love LA too. That's a big part of why we selected them. <laughs> I think there's a song out there that goes right along. There's a soundtrack. I love LA. Um, you know, Andrew, I'd love to know what what are some of the key benefits that you feel like you and your company have gleaned so far from participating in the Net Zero Accelerator? It's an amazing opportunity for us that really hit at the exact right time for us. I, I, I have spent considerable time in the United States, and I, I tell my Canadian cohorts that Business in the States is like being on the highway and business in Canada is like being in a bike lane. So you don't know what you're doing <laughs> in the highway. Something, something bad might happen. So I love the stewardship. I love uh, the open nature of the course and um, very grateful for Colin's energy and the way he reached out to us and engaged us. It's uh, kind of next level for us. We've kind of found a lot of diminishing returns with some of the ex- accelerators here and it was time to move to the big leagues. So... 
That's awesome. And and Hank, what do you feel like um, you and Wind Technologies have have gleaned from the Net Zero Accelerator program? How's it working out for you so far? Yeah, and um, uh, likewise, we, we're very excited to be selected for uh, a Net Zero Accelerator. And um, coming from our background, we have many great partnership and investors in the sustainability community as well. Um, so that's a, kind of the perfect marriage. And really, that's what motivated us to uh, um, participate and um, be part of this um, great cohort. And we, we see air quality and environmental uh, issue uh, um, as tying into the bigger discussion around the built environment, uh, which involves you know, both uh, carbon reduction, energy usage, and really um, how to do that, uh, how to improve air quality without uh, um, having to sacrifice one or the other. And um, I think we, we, we see the value. It's it not just uh, the branding, the marketing, which is uh, a great value that uh, mentioned, uh, that Colin mentioned earlier, but also the network, really the, the connection that we would have uh, with um, sister's company in the cohort and also um, other great connection that um, USCBC uh, LA and uh, Net Zero Accelerator could bring in uh, to um, kind of talk to some of these people that could potentially use our solution and more understand what uh, uh, really could help them kind of building the, the right uh, solution, the right recommendation to uh, really delight uh, the, the, the customers. That's awesome, Hank. I love that answer. And I, I think, you know, what you guys have expressed here just really underscores the value of this program. Colin, I'm thinking that there are probably a lot of partners and potential, you know, participants out there who are thinking, wow, I want to get involved in this. Talk to us about some of the ways that our listeners who are on today could get involved in Net Zero Accelerator. Well, for sure. I mean, the... Um we could talk to, you know, supporting the accelerator and in, in, in terms of uh, partnerships and conventional arrangements, but really, uh, and that's, of course, available, and I, I don't want to plug that, but th- what we really are looking for is anyone who really wants to get some inside lines on some fairly early stage technologies that are race ready, pilot ready, that you might want to test out uh, at your site, at your facility, you know, on your on your premises, and so if you're if you're out there and you have an opportunity where you want to look at um, a variety of solutions that have people that are super hyper focused on solving for these very specific problems that you're probably you know facing right now, certainly reach out to us. And of course, anybody that that is uh, you know wanting to mentor, guide, um, advise in any way some of these companies, please reach out to us. Uh, your your expertise, your knowledge, your intuition, even you know, would be highly beneficial to accelerating their progress. I'm so glad that you mentioned all those various ways to get involved. You know, if you want to check out more, it's really easy to find on USGBC LA's uh, website. If you just go to usgbc-la.org, you can find a lot of information. They are a stellar organization with a lot of programs that are 
well-run, high-value, value-add to their community, but you can definitely find out more about the Net Zero Accelerator um, and, and who's involved and what they do. Clearly, um, they've got some of the creme de la creme of both the people running the program and the people involved in the program. I want to thank you all for being with us today and thank our listeners for tuning in. We'll be here same time, same place next week with more Go Green Radio. Until then, have a wonderful week and do something in your life to go green. Did you get some terrific ideas from today's show? Please join us for more next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. It's Go Green Radio with Jill Buck here on Voice America. Go Green Radio is proudly sponsored by Covanta Energy, a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world. Visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information. We'll see you here next week.